This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 278 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and EasySignsOnline.com. Lindsay McCall from Jupiter, Florida. And this is Regina Christo from Sand Lake, New York. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you this week by the United States Para Equestrian Association. Well, thanks, Jen, for uh, taking over for Glenn this week. My pleasure. So, Regina, what have you been up to since last we spoke? Oh, well, it's been a busy summer. Um, Getting to know my new horse, I have a new horse this summer, who I even have at the back of my mind someday might be a fabulous para horse. I can't help to every horse I'm around looking at the horse and saying, hmm, could this horse possibly do para? So I've been doing that and um, just uh, graduated from the USDFL program uh, in the last week or so, which I'm really happy about that. So it's, uh, it's been a busy uh, few months, but everything's good. How are you doing, and how is that precious baby? That precious baby you might be able to hear right now, our poor audience. She is crying right now. She's with my husband, and uh, she's been wonderful. Um, I am trying to find time to, to take showers, um, eat. <laughs> so I know why people get skinny after having a baby, because they don't ever get to eat. <laughs> oh, didn't, they get, didn't they tell you that in Baby 101? No eating, sleeping, relaxing, or vacationing for the next 18 years. <laughs> I, mean, I can verify that. I have four children, so I was hungry and skinny for a long time. There you go. <laughs> and my arms, my arms are so tired. Now, this baby is absolutely, she's huge, and she's 15 pounds. She's almost four months, and she is 26 inches tall. So she's a very large baby. So I'm having, I have this baby that I'm hauling around who doesn't have a lot of head control. Who's like, uh, oh. looks like a <laughs> Uh, well, we can't wait to meet her in January in Florida at the show. I'm sure you'll be bringing her along or you won't be able to come. So we look forward to that. Yeah. I look forward to getting back into the swing of things, getting back to riding and all that other stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> great. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing and meeting her. <laughs> So I know Reese and Philip will be back again next week uh, for our show, but um, I wanted to, to, I guess, talk about we have a little bit of news for Para. We ended the World Equestrian Games, and now we're headed into our show season down here in Wellington, Florida. And we have a show coming up January 7th through the 11th, and it's uh, CPEDI 3-star. And uh, and then right after that, it looks like we might have a, a high-performance clinic uh, held at Vince Ramos Therapeutic Riding Center. Oh, wow. That sounds like a good start to the year. And hopefully we uh, get a lot of riders to come and participate in uh, both events in Florida. I know I'm sure going to try to get there. Um, and I think it's going to be an exciting year. It's kind of one of those off years before um, Rio in 2016. But I think... Uh, Gives us a lot of time to take what we learned um, from the games and 
keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So up next on our show, I guess we'll be talking to, well, we'll have Mary Jordan on the show, first of all. And Mary Jordan is a grade four paradressage rider. She's been a paradressage rider and dressage rider for many years. And she's been part of the program for a long time. And uh, she is she's qualified as the only paradressage rider who has come from the able body or is going to the able body U.S. dressage finals next week. So we'll be talking to her exciting. about that. Yeah, and then we also have Susan Guinan on the show, and uh, she's coming on the show to kind of talk about. She's a director of development from Vince Ramos Therapeutic Riding Center, and she has connected the dots where Catherine Haddad Stoller donated Rubicon 75, this horse, and uh, connected Mary to Catherine and Mary to this horse. And now Mary has this wonderful partnership with this horse and that she's going to be taking to the finals. Great. And we will also have with us uh, Jim Cofer, who is Mary's trainer. And uh, Jim is... Uh, four-star eventer and a Grand Prix rider with lots of experience and miles under his belt, and he's very excited to be working uh, with Mary and very excited just to be involved with the para program in general. That's pretty cool, and we're going to get right to our first interview with Mary and Susan right after this message from Total Saddle Fit. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. We'd like to welcome Susan Aguinan from Vince Ramos Therapeutic Riding Center here tonight on our radio show, hosted by myself, Lindsay, and, and Regina. And we'd also like to talk to Mary Jordan. So thanks, you guys, for all coming on the show tonight. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Hi, ladies. <laughs> so I guess, you know, there's a reason we had all of you on the phone tonight. And uh, really, we want to talk about Mary Jordan. She is headed to the finals, the U.S. Dressage finals, coming up here in November. And uh, we want to talk about how that partnership got started with Rubicon 75. That's her horse. Um, the horse was originally owned by Catherine Haddad Stoller and donated to Vince Ramos. And um, Susan, maybe you can give us a little bit of insight on, on how that all occurred and maybe how that relationship started. I'd be happy to do that. I, I think that um, the history of how the relationship started between the USPEA 
um, with Hope Hand and myself meeting in a parking lot one Sunday afternoon, and Hope shared with me some of the challenges and struggles that the para riders were having finding appropriate horses uh, to compete in order for the U.S. team uh, to develop and get stronger. And so we shared some phone calls, emails, uh, and we at one point found a horse called P.G. Ganda that's now out with Donna Panessa. And it started there. And um, I met Mary when she came and stayed here at Vince Ramos in January of 2012 to qualify for the Paralympics in London. And she was stabled here with uh, two of her horses, Sebastian and Clever. And so we kind of knew each other. And then Catherine and Mary met, and they were trying to develop a relationship uh, with Rubicon 75. And uh, Vince Ramos came into the picture because we have been able to take ownership of those horses and make them available for the paraquestrians to ride um, <coughs> going forward. And it's a beneficial relationship between the donor of the horse, Vince Ramos, and the para rider. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that sounds wonderful, Susan, uh, and great for our, our para riders to, uh, to have a resource like Vince Ramos. Can you, for people who might not know, just give us a little background on Vince Ramos and uh, what, what you do there and what your goals are, um, just to share with people who might not know? Sure. Uh, Vince Ramos is a therapeutic riding center. We're accredited by Path International. Uh, that's the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. And we've always had an interest um, in making sure that every rider uh, reaches their potential, no matter what that potential is, that we are always challenging uh, our riders, whether they uh, have a physical disability or a cognitive disability, to work and be as dedicated to their sport as all of us are to our sport. Um, and we have been uh, providing therapeutic riding here in Loxahatchee, Florida, for 33 years. Um, our executive director, Ruth Menner, started the program with one rider and one horse in the backyard of a friend. We now see 130 riders a week and have 23 horses on property. Um, we see riders with a multitude of uh, challenges and disabilities, um, and we <laughs> we pride ourselves on, you want to ride, we're going to make it happen. So uh, we love our horses and our riders equally. I think it's really great, Susan, that you linked up with this great quarter rider, Mary Jordan, who's been one of our wonderful paradressage riders who has done a lot. And she was even on the 2010, where she rode as an individual at the World Equestrian Games. So, Mary, tell us what's so important about, I guess, what's so special about Rubicon and kind of what you're going to be doing this next week. Well, Rubicon, he is, he's just off the charts. He's just an amazing animal. And um, when I got an opportunity to go try him, which was actually between my last class at Global at the CPDI and the awards ceremony, you know, I had a half an hour to run over and, and try him. And it was like love at first sight um, is the only way I can describe it. And 
and literally he's like the horse of my dreams and um and we just felt an instant connection so to be able uh to enter into this beautiful relationship on the sunset of Sebastian's career um with the promise of what's in the future uh, it was it was just an amazing set of circumstances and one I'm very grateful for you know, Mary, we know, Mary, we know that you're, you've got big things coming up in the next uh, week or so, um, competing uh, that lovely horse at the dressage finals um, in the able body. But what are your plans uh, with Rubicon in the future for Para? Well, I really see a, a lot of potential with Rubicon uh, in, a, in, a, in a couple of different ways. Um, one and one thing I should I should take a step back and explain uh, about uh, why it felt like such a, an amazing natural fit with uh, Vince Doremus as well is that you know when I wake up every morning I'm a person with MS uh, a person with multiple sclerosis but one who has um, big dreams and my riding's always been a conduit to getting out a message of great hope for those with MS and for those with physical disabilities. So while Rubicon entered my life as a para-equestrian hopeful and one that I hope to take to the uh, Rio Paralympics in 2016, what was exciting about taking him to an able-bodied competition in, in dressage and, and doing so well and, and being able to win a regional championship on him is that I I see it as a great opportunity to bridge the cat the gap between able-bodied dressage and paradressage, and to hopefully be an ambassador for that effort uh, to connect other riders, other para riders, with the sport. And not only that, you're also an ambassador in a way for for Vince Ramos and um, what they what they're doing and their mission and. Um, I want to ask Susan, what is your role as an owner of this horse? What what do you guys do, uh, I guess, on a daily basis, or what is your involvement with this horse for Mary? We are we're just our job is to be cheerleaders. Our job <laughs> is to be there for Mary and support her in whatever way she she needs support. But other than that, you know, our we basically stay out of the way. You know, Mary has the relationship with the horse right now. We are not uh, an owner that shows up and says, okay, so what are you feeding? Well, I don't like that. You need to change it. We Mary has the best interest <laughs> and knows her partner better than anybody. So, you know, we, as I said earlier, our our main job was to be a facilitator, to find a willing donor of a horse and find an appropriate rider and make that partnership happen. Uh, and we are thrilled to be able to do that. And you've become very involved with paradressage over the years. And I know I've met you personally and, and you're such a cheerleader for the paradressage and not only that for para driving. And I heard that you guys are going to be having a high performance clinic at Vince Ramos with the para drivers and paradressage riders. I'd like to hear more about that. Well, we're in the planning stages of that right now. Uh, we're hoping to hold that clinic uh, 
uh, January 11th and 12th um, here at Vince Ramos. So um, you'll, you'll have to stay tuned and so that we can let you know who the clinicians will be and how that will go forward. We uh, Hope and I were talking about that uh, earlier. So, But we're always interested in, in supporting parasports, uh, in general, and we're we're supporters of you know not only para sports but uh, special Olympic sports as well. Right. Now, Mary, I was interested in your perspective um, as you've been doing crossover, as we say, um, between uh, para dressage and able-bodied dressage, and you hear quite a bit of um, other people doing that. That our para riders that have the ability to ride and, you know, able body dressage as well. And I think doing one and the other, they both are a good benefit. What would you say um, your riding in able body has enabled you to be a better para rider? Absolutely. And it, it really, it really was a great opportunity to also um, push the envelope and ride some different tests and, and and see the interconnectedness of, of the two sports together because at the end of the day, it really is about dressage and about that relationship that you develop with your partner. And um, I have been riding a lot of the para tests um, somewhat exclusively for the past year and a half uh, to hone the test riding and to learn how to ride those tests very well because there is a knack and an art to doing them well, especially on the international stage. But I think for myself as a rider and for my horses, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air to get out in an able-bodied arena um, in, in a championship setting to to do something new and or revisit something that I used to do. And it was really, really exciting because, um, let me tell you, winning that championship out of 23 riders at Socrates in September, it was just an incredible feeling. Like, not only did I, I win such a quality competition, but it just felt good to be able to do that as a para in able-bodied clothing, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it was, it was a real, it was a real shot in the arm. And, you know, the other thing that's quite true about competing these days is that a lot of our top international <laughs> and national para judges see a lot of able-bodied and to kind of, go in the ring and stand and be counted on a, a similar scale with your able-bodied counterparts, um, that's a great exercise to do. And one, thankfully, with my health being um, great, um, I'm able to do. So um, but, so would it be um, something you would recommend to other para riders? Because not everybody can get to the the big shows all the time and you know a lot of um riders para riders are going you know to their local shows or even schooling shows just to get the mileage um in the tack and in a show environment i see it as could only strengthen um 
their writing and their ability to actually step up to the plate at a big show when they really need to. And so is that something you, you think is beneficial for all para writers if they can get in the ring, whether it's a para test or a, uh, a national test? Absolutely. I think it is a fabulous idea because each test that we ride gives us an incredible opportunity to be a great ambassador for our sport and to show where the similarities, not the differences, lie. And, you know, going back to kind of my mission about being out there as an MS patient um, in sport, um, it's it's to to show what we can do and, and not what we can't do. And um, if anything that we've learned in these international competitions uh, in the past few years is that the experience of getting down center line for our own nerves and our horses' show nerves, it's, it's only beneficial that we, we get out and develop a good solid core of experiences that will serve us well, you know, in those big league competitions down the road. But it all starts with the grassroots and with getting up every morning and stepping out your door and, and being an ambassador for the sport. <coughs> Mary, you found this lovely horse to um, Rubicon to um, continue with and to continue for the next two years with. And uh, I know in Able Body, they have the blue ribbon panel um, where they're kind of connecting the riders and the horses and everything. And um, what is, I guess, Vince Ramos is starting this as well. They're kind of our blue ribbon panel, aren't they? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we cannot, I cannot thank Vince Ramos enough for the opportunity that they've created for me with this very special horse because, you know, I have, um, I, I've ridden Sebastian, who I've adored for years, as everybody knows, and uh, this year he's 21. And I had to look at where my next partner was coming from. And I have been all over the planet trying horses. I think I tried over 75 horses in the last year or so. And um, when the Blue Ribbon panel came up and they made a website um, about um, – FEI riders gaining access to being paired with uh, top international mounts, I, I thought this was a great idea. So I signed up on that website, you know, because I fit the criteria. I had ridden at a World Games. I had done this. I had done that. And I, I found out I was ineligible to be in that queue um, to be paired with a top horse. And I also learned I wasn't the first para that tried to apply uh, for this program. Uh, so, so there you are. You're a para looking for um, a metal contending horse, you know, that they typically cost a gazillion dollars. Um, and what do you do? And what the beauty of Vince Ramos's relationship to to Wellington and to the top international riders from all over the world that filter through um, that region. Um, and uh, Susan's been a great ambassador to connect those people uh, to her program. Uh, it, it was just amazing to be able to access 
these types of horses that we need um, going forward. Um, and, it, and for me, it's been a, a real win-win because, as I, I said, you know, I, I feel a kinship with Vince Ramos for all the good work that they do for every type of rider that comes through their doors. Um, and to be a part of that, it's it's almost a better feeling to be partnered with somebody like that than if you were just going out for something yourself, you know. So right, I, right. I'm, I'm grateful for what they <coughs> what they're doing for our sport. I think the oh, other definitely. thing that's important to recognize is the willingness of the dressage community at large to participate in making those horses available, whether it is through the Blue Ribbon or it is through uh, the USPEA and the para riders. They're out there. They um, are very supportive of everything that these riders are trying to accomplish, and we must give them uh, a round of applause for that willingness to participate. And here... um, the challenges that para riders are having and how they can help and how they can support. Um, that's, that's been very rewarding. And I, well, I second what Susan's saying too, because, you know, um, none of this would have happened really um, if, if Catherine Haddad Scholar didn't um, also step up and seek out this relationship <laughs> with the two of us and, with her expertise uh, as an international uh, rider and competitor, um, you know, she, she's been absolutely wonderful, too, in, in partaking with the uh, symposiums that we've had and, and how she's made her, herself accessible to the pair community as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, it's been fabulous to talk to both uh, you, Mary, and you, Susan, down in Florida. And I think um, people listening to this program and listening to this interview uh, will really have a, a better way to think about what's actually happening and how these relationships start. It takes uh, a, a wonderful program that Vince Ramos has and people like Susan. And then on the other end, we have Mary Jordan, a para rider and you know, it's it's kind of cliche that it says it takes a village, but it, it so it, it does though. It takes a lot of people to make this uh, these relationships happy. So thank you both for being with us tonight. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck to you, Mary, in um, in Kentucky next week. That was lots of fun talking with Susan and Mary, and we're going to hang on to Mary and throw her into the next interview with with her trainer Jim right after this commercial from Easy Signs Online. This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England-style farm signs, their most popular line of signs. New England-style farm signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required, no wood to rot, and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. 
So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Good evening, Jim. It's Regina. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us tonight. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Well, why don't you start by um, telling our audience a little bit about um, yourself and your relationship with Mary Jordan as her trainer and what you uh, hope to see happen in the future with Mary and her horse. Um, I have known Mary for quite a long time. I've known her through her eventing days uh, and now in her dressage days. So um, I like so we've we've uh I, we've known about each other for years i've worked with her for years um and uh, with her last horse sebastian i helped get her uh through the selection trials uh for last year's weg and uh now um we are uh looking forward with a new horse to um getting her ready to do first of all the nan- national championships next week at third level and then uh, onward from there, going into Florida to uh, do some CDIs and uh, working towards the uh, uh, selection trials for, for Rio uh, in 2016. Jim, when you um, kind of met, not met Mary, but met Rubicon, and this horse came into your guys' lives, because you've been working with Mary for a while, kind of what was the adjustment, and kind of tell me about what happened, I guess, on you know that first week. Well, um, it's, it was uh, quite a whirlwind because um, <laughs> Mary picked up the horse and then um, had to leave shortly uh, for Europe. Um, and so I didn't get a chance to work with her before uh, her first few shows in Europe. So she, she met with a coach in England and was based over there. So my relationship with Rubicon, I had seen him compete in Florida with uh, a rider at Catherine Haddad's, but I had... Uh, not ridden him or gotten any chance to know him um, other than standing on the sidelines watching. So my first real, um, uh, the first time I got to sit on Rubicon and, and teach was when I went up to do a clinic uh, this summer in Maine. And so what Jim, have you guys been working on lately, kind of getting ready for the finals? I mean, that's basically what we've been, it, it, the horse uh, is very well schooled. He didn't need to learn any exercises. He came to me after winning regionals. Uh, I'm trying to make it so that uh, he's he's a very big horse, a very scopy moving horse. Um, and it, and he's also um, insecure, uh, especially in unfamiliar surroundings, and then develops attachments to other horses. And when he's separated, he gets anxiety attacks. And he, when when he gets anxious, um, <laughs> he's he's giant. He's a huge horse. He's I don't know seventeen two, seventeen three, and 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 uh, that's just it's a lot of horse for anybody to ride, but especially someone Mary's size. So um, I've just been trying to get him more secure, uh, ride him in situations where he's uh, maybe could be his trigger, and then helping him learn to cope and to diffuse tension and to not. Um, uh, sort of tune out the rider, but to actually stay focused, stay calm, keep breathing, and keep doing the work. So it's not like I've been doing classical dressage schooling because that's there. It was just his sort of how he processed stress and um, and when he was stressed, 
just getting him to stay with the program, stay on the AIDS. And, and um, so that, that's pretty much what, what we've been working on. So. so, Jim, can you tell us a little bit, did you have any background working with paraliters before Mary? And, and what are your thoughts on uh, the, the para dressage in general? Well, um, it's been a long time, and um, back uh, it was it was a long time ago. It was um, I, I went with a couple of riders, uh, the the U.S. riders. They were riding in Holland uh, at a para competition, and I was a chef for the U.S. riders. Um, but that was quite a while ago. It was um, and um, you know, bottom line, I don't have a lot of it. That was my first exposure to the whole pair of program. And that was like more than 10 years ago. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, but what made me realize 10 years ago, and it's still true today, that the para riders over there were so well mounted and were riding at such a high level. And it's not that our U.S. riders can't. But it's a it's a it's a leap when you go across the pond and see, um, <laughs> see the horses these uh, these guys are on and and um, and the test that they can ride. It's it's really amazing. And you know um, here we don't you know the country is so big and there doesn't seem to be a really uh, centralized program for training. So it sort of catches catch can. Everyone sort of has their own coach and their own program and. Um, you know, frankly, there's just not that many coaches that have any much experience with this. I mean, I, like I saw Heather Blitz um, at the selection trials and Benny Cowan, and both of them did a great job, but I don't think any of us have any sort of depth of experience. So, um, you know, we're coaching para riders. So pretty much, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're all experienced uh, Grand Prix dressage riders. And um, so, you know, it's it's, a, it's an additional challenge, and it's sort of a fun challenge to work with the riders and to work with their abilities and challenges that they face to to try to produce um, the horse so they can be competitive. So, like I said, it's I don't really have a, a background, but you know, like we're all a little bit uh, a little bit out of our depth, but at the same time, you know, all you can do is roll up your shirt sleeves and uh, somehow try to make it work. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's pretty common, Jim, just from um, my personal experience with para and as a, a horse owner for para riders, that most of the time, um, some of our really big trainers and just trainers in different areas of the country, they seem to hook up with a para rider and nobody really knows that much about it, but all these great relationships form and the trainers, they just get right into it and there's success story after success story. So like you say, there's not a lot of people with experience, but once they get their, uh, their hands in it and get with a rider and a horse, things happen. Mary, and when you guys kind of all got together, you got this wonderful horse and you actually ended up going to Europe first and you did well in Europe and then you came back and you're working with Jim again. And what is that, I guess, what is that bond now that you have with this horse? And, and um, how is Jim helping you c- kind of solidify this bond? Um, well, first, I, I, you know, it was interesting because, as I mentioned, when the horse first became available uh, to us, it was right in the middle of a competition. And in my show clothes, uh, grabbing Jim, we, like, raced across town to 
you know, make a, a 15 minute decision about, um, you know, if this was the type of, of project uh, that we wanted to take on and we definitely did. So, um, you know, I definitely trusted, you know, Jim's experience as a horseman, as a competitor, um, you know, for his insights into that. And, and then as Jim mentioned, it was kind of a whirlwind that, you know, I was kind of cut loose and, you know, went to, went to Europe, but, you know, through it all, I always felt completely comfortable with Rubicon, um, in strange settings. Um, you know, he, he, I, I feel connected to him and, um, and I trust him. And what was great was to come back to the States and go back to the lab and, and finally have some time to spend with Jim and the horse, all of us together. Um, and, and kind of drill down into to what makes him tick and, you know, how to, you know, build a solid relationship going forward. Um, I'm not intimidated by his size. Um, you know, he is a, a huge horse. It's a very physical ride, you know, because of his, his size and the amount of movement. It's kind of off the chart. Um, so it's, it's uh, required me to to do some deep conditioning and, uh, and uh, lay down the foundation, but it's all very exciting and very good. And you're the uh, only paradressage rider going to these finals this year. And I, I've heard at one time there was another paradressage rider that, that has gone to this, but um, that's kind of a, a unique, special place to be in, isn't it? It's it's an incredible honor, you know, to be there. Um, the USDF finals, such as they are, um, are in their second year. So um, I think, um, you know, being able to, like I say, bridge that gap between para and able-bodied, and and um, I, I fully intend to pursue able-bodied uh, dressage goals um, as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be able to do both. And I think uh, in talking with Robin Brookman um, years ago, she had a horse that she did the young horse uh, uh, championships with, and, and she got an invite to whatever uh, champion national championship they had. But, you know, th- the, the sport has grown and changed and, and these finals are a new opportunity for riders Um which is great. It's it's great to be a part of that. I'm very, very excited. So just to follow up a little bit too, um, Jim, um, as a parent, coach, and trainer now, you know, we're always looking for uh, trainers, especially trainers with a lot of experience, to get involved with our para riders. Could you just give a, a, a few words about what it's like to be a para trainer and why uh, people shouldn't not be afraid to get involved with it, but, you know, why it is uh, a good thing to be involved with. Um, it's it, it's ab- absolutely so rewarding because, um, like, everybody um, in the para program or in the able-bodied program, everyone has physical challenges. And so, you know, and as trainers, we we're always trying to bring out the best in, in riders, whether they be 
Tara, or able-bodied. And, and I have to say, it's so rewarding because um, the tenacity that the para riders have uh, and just the hunger to achieve and the appreciation they have, it's, like I said, it's, it's uh, really rewarding and it's a tremendous program. So, um, and you can really make a difference in people's lives. So I, I, think, I think it's important to do. And you obviously probably see a very close relationship with the test um, from able-bodied to paradressage. I mean, obviously there are some big differences as well. How have you guys, I guess, worked on, on those things where you're going into the, the third-level test and then you're going back to the paradressage test? I don't think there's... Uh, I don't really approach it differently at all. Um, <laughs> like, I am, like... Never like 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 I never cut Mary any slack. It's not like I say, well, it's not quite through, it's not quite straight, it's not no. Like I like I am extremely demanding and I have very high standards and like find a way to get it done. And if you don't get it done this way, then we'll try this approach and then we'll try this approach. But never have I ever lowered the standards because I thought, oh, it's a pair rider. That, that would not cross my mind or Mary's mind. So, no. like, um, she, she's, like, I'm tough on her, but she's tougher on herself. So, you know, like, like I said, I really haven't um, really found a, a big difference. And the, and the pair tests, uh, grade four, are tough. I mean, you've got, and, and the judges, like, you think I don't cut any slack. I mean, I was there at Gladstone, and they are tough. They were, like, absolutely um like, like not, uh, like they were very, very, they, they kept a very high standard and it was not a para standard. It was a, just a high standard. An FEI, an FEI standard or more. Absolutely. <laughs> and what are your plans going forward? I, you'll be working with Mary, but, um, I have heard that maybe you'd be kind of like the region area. If a, tra- if a person was interested in working with you, is that true? Um, you know, I'm, I'm always open. I'm in the, in Kentucky, and and um, so, like I said, I have a very nice facility to work out of. So, you know, I'm always always open. And uh, you know, like I said, anyone who has any interest in the program is uh, you know free to have them give me a call and discuss uh, what their goals are. And uh, and if and if I can help them out, I'm happy to give it a go. That's wonderful. So what's the next big thing you guys are working on together? I know Mary is going to Kentucky and um, is it down in Florida for the shows down there and then possibly on sale in 16? Well, that's, that's really the, the goal. Like we have this, our very short term goal, which is next week. And then our next uh, short term goal would be this, uh, the CDI the first weekend in January. And then we're, we're sort of step by step, you know, see what, see what makes the most sense. Um, and uh, just trying to get, because we're positioning him um, to sort of uh, strength after strength after strength. And like I told Mary when she got him, like, you are not going to take this horse. Like, once you get home, it's like, I'm going to help advise you on this because you're not going to show this horse till he's ready. Because I think this is truly an international caliber horse and you're an international caliber rider and you are not going to show before you are ready. So so that's why we're doing it step by step. If she's out there scoring big numbers, if she's in the 70s, then we, you know, take one path. If we need more time in the basics, 
we take another path. But, um, you know, ultimately our end goal is by 2016, I'd like her to uh, be a real contender for Rio, um, not just to make the team, but to also be an individual medalist. So, so now is the time when we're really laying the foundation for a solid uh, foundation in the future. Well, that sounds like a great plan, and we wish you luck. And um, it sounds like you guys have a terrific partnership. And, Mary, again, best of luck uh, next week in Kentucky to you and Rubicon and uh, as well to you, Jim. And uh, thanks for everything you're doing for uh, Para. Well, that was fun hearing from, from Jim and Mary. And I think we should also add that um, one of our other Paradise riders' horse, um, Ellie Brimmer's horse, London Swing, will also be at the um, finals, and uh, her horse will be showing with her trainer, Rosalind Kinsler. So that's pretty exciting. She is Her horse was also at the 2014 Paraquestrian Dressage National Championships and will be at these finals as well. Well, that's great news, too, to have a, a para horse competing with uh, a para trainer at the finals. So I'm sure that's going to be a wonderful thing to watch. Well, it's been great being on with you again, Lindsay. Thanks so much for inviting me to co-host. Of course. I, you're one of my favorites. <laughs> Wait a minute. Thank one you. of your favorites? Anytime. Wait a minute. One of your favorites? Well, you know. <laughs> Jen, you're also one of my favorites. <laughs> you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Just search for Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio, and you can learn more about the United States Para Equestrian Association at USPEA.org and on Facebook. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And remember, one man's wrong lead is another man's counter canner. Oh,